it's a new year. We're going to start a brand new teaching this this year uh, in 2020, and uh, we're going to start at the beginning. We're calling this series "The Beginnings" uh, or "Beginnings." <clears throat> so, welcome to 2021. Uh, go ahead and go um, Can you believe that 2020 is over? It's 2021. Uh, it was a tough year, wasn't it, for, for many of us? Some good things happened, some great things happened, but there were some, some interesting challenges during 2020, uh, you know, obviously. Uh, I think if I wanted to, I could easily fill the whole sermon time with a recap of all the havoc that happened this past year. Um, it all started in March, if you can remember back that far. Jackie and I had just enjoyed uh, just a a great week-long vacation in Florida with our family to celebrate our 40 years of marriage. Um, And we had a great time, but while we were there, all along we kept hearing more about about this new virus that had come out of China, and it was called the coronavirus or COVID-19. At first, it was just you know, just a a news item, a story in the news. It was no big deal. Nothing to worry about, we were told. Even the venerated Dr. Fauci at first was saying, oh, there's nothing to worry about, nothing to see here. It'll be okay. But little by little, concern began to grow. Uh, The the first cases were reported in nursing homes. Uh, Then it began to spread to the general public, to the general population, especially in the big cities like New York. Uh, Hospitals began to be filled up. People were dying. It was looking bad. And then came, what? The shutdowns. Uh, Just two weeks is all it'll be. Just two weeks to flatten the curve. That's what we were told. Uh, No big deal. Uh, We don't want to overwhelm the hospital, so we're going to shut everything down for two weeks, uh, and we'll we'll see what happens after that. Well, 10 months later, (laughs) here we are. Here we are. Uh, Many states are still shut down. North Carolina has some restrictions on uh, still on gathering. Many of your Thanksgiving and Christmas celebrations were altered, maybe even canceled uh, due to the fear of transmitting the virus with, with people that you don't live with, even though they're family. During this time, Stony Brook has been shut down for in li- in-person services on two different occasions. Uh, we are still in right now, our second shutdown. Uh, we're hoping, as I said earlier, to resume January the 17th. For millions around the world, uh, things that, that we cherish and things that we really need, like time together in worship and with family, you know, they've been reduced to Facebook Live, to Zoom meetings, to standing at a nursing home window and speaking through the window. The new normal is a population wearing what? Masks. Uh, everywhere we go. Social distancing. You go to any store and there's signs all over the floors, you know. Keep your distance. Uh, or just staying home. Takeout. How much, how much takeout have we eaten this year? 
virtual shopping. That was, still, that was a thing before, but now it's a big thing, even a bigger thing. And of course, uh, the tragedy of losing loved ones. You know, that has been the worst part of 2020. Over 300,000 Americans have, have lost their lives due to the virus. Uh, and, and losing our own Jerry Crocker uh, just a few weeks ago truly struck home uh, in our Stony Brook family. And our hearts and prayers continue to go out to Sarah and, and the family during this very difficult time. 2020 uh, will always be remembered as a chaotic, uh, tragic year. And, and hey, I haven't even mentioned the election. <laughs> Yet 2020 is the past. It's history. It's over. And a new year is now upon us. Of course, we all know that, that pandemics and contested elections don't pay much attention to the calendar, do they? No, there's, there's no magic wall that stands in front of January the 1st and prevents everything from December the 31st from crossing over into the new year. Be nice if that happened, but that's, that's not the way it works. But the new year can be a time where we can reflect, reestablish, renew, restart things in our lives that, that maybe can help uh, at least get our lives started and moving in the right direction, in a positive direction, uh, as we, we think about the beginning of a new year. Uh, we can renew, for example, our commitment to take care, better care of our health. Maybe we can start or uh, resume exercising, or maybe we can change our eating habits and, and uh, not so much take out uh, and maybe cook at home more. Uh, we can renew a commitment to developing intentional relationships. Remember, we talked a lot about that during 2020. Uh, and, and while it's, it has been a little challenging to do that in the environment that we live in, uh, 2021, uh, that, maybe that's the year where once we can start getting out more and, and uh, being among people more, uh, uh, we can work on developing those, <clears throat> those intentional relationships with people in our lives that we're close to uh, so that we can, when the time is right, we can share the gospel of Jesus with those people. We'll, we're going to talk about that all year in 2020, those intentional relationships. We can renew or begin our commitment to getting plugged into God. We talked about a couple of weeks ago, plugged into the Holy Spirit. Uh, that power is there, but you got to get plugged into it before it's going to be useful. Um, we can do that through reading God's Word more regularly, taking our prayer life to the, to the next notch uh, and being more committed to, to speaking to God through prayer. With the vaccine, uh, we're, we're thankful for that. Uh, with, with that vaccine, I can see life getting back to normal in a few months. Uh, and, and with that, as a body of believers... You know, we can renew our commitment to working together, coming back together and working together as the body of Christ to, uh, to reach out to and serve the lost in our community and each other. Uh, uh, as in those things have been very difficult and some of them even impossible during this, these restrictions that we've been living under. So, so hopefully with, with the vaccine as, and things get back to normal, uh, we can renew our commitment 
uh, to the gospel and spreading that to our community. We can do things like renew our men's and women's ministry. Boy, those things were taken off and we were enjoying some great times together and that came to a stop. We can renew our, our youth ministries as we can uh, renew our, our search for a, a new youth minister and, and we can uh, uh, resume and renew our, our ministry to our youth. We can resume our, our young adult ministry that had just got off to a great start and also our fellowship uh, times together and our Wednesday night meal, those things can, can be renewed. And, and uh, we're just looking forward to things giving back to normal and, and us having more opportunities to be together and to serve our community. The New Testament talks about renewal for the Christian that can happen on January the 1st or at any time of, of any year, New Year's or not. Let's, let's read a couple of passages that talk about renewal. First, Titus chapter 3, verse 4 through 7. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. You know, before Jesus, uh, mankind was experiencing a spiritual COVID, you might say, that threatened every human being with an eternity without God. Uh, but, but through him, through uh, God's love and grace, we are now, guess what, immune <laughs> from eternal destruction uh, because of our sin. You know, even though we might still slip and fall, and we do as Christians, the sin vaccine of Jesus washes those sins away, and they do not affect us uh, spiritually and, and for our eternity. Let's look at another passage of renewal, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 24. Paul wrote, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds to, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You know, every day, no matter what's going on around us, um, uh, whether it's a, a brand new year or January the 1st or December the 31st, uh, whatever day we wake up to, we can choose to be like Jesus uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit. That can be done. We can throw off the old self and we can put on his righteousness just to be a follower of Jesus. Every day is to be renewed. We know that we are not out of the woods uh, yet, uh, as, a, as a, a, the, the country and the world, when it comes to COVID, uh, we're not done with the chaos of 2020. Uh, yet, I am optimistic that at least here at Stony Brook, uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit that lives in each of us, 2021 will be a much better year when it comes to the impact that you and I can make on the kingdom of God. So, here we are in our first worship service of 2021. 
Where should we start our Sunday morning lessons? Well, why not start at the beginning? How about the beginning? Uh, uh, the beginning of the Bible, the book of Genesis. Seems like a good place to start if you're going to start something. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. You know, as I began to think about what a series in Genesis would look like, I noticed just how many beginnings there are in Genesis. Uh, let's look at them. It's the beginning of the Bible. Uh, it's the beginning of creation, which includes the beginning of the sun and the moon. It's the beginning of earth and land and, and sea and all the animals. It's the beginning of mankind. It's the beginning of sin in our lives. It's the beginning of the redo beginning with Noah and the flood. It's the beginning of mankind's separation into different people groups and nations at the Tower of Babel. It's the beginning of God's plan to redeem mankind from their sin. It's the beginning of, uh, of God's relationship with a man named Abraham through whom God would eventually bring mankind redemption. It's the beginning of the family that would become God's chosen nation that would bring us Jesus. Genesis is not only the book of the beginning, uh, it's a book of many beginnings. So let's start this teaching series by first take, talking about the book of beginnings itself. Uh, let's talk about Genesis. And in particularly this morning, let's talk about the first chapters that tell us the creation story. You know, we, we live in a time when this creation story uh, of Genesis is, is under attack by a theory that many would call science. You know, Charles Darwin wanted to come up with a theory of how this universe that we live in happened. You know, he didn't believe in God, so uh, of course he didn't believe that God created it. Yet, creation exists. You know, it's not like the movie Matrix, you know, where all uh, human beings are hooked up to some a power source and we're all asleep and we're all just dreaming about the world that we live in. No, no, the universe exists. Uh, so where did it come from? Well, evolution is what Darwin and others came up with to explain a universe without God. It was this huge explosion, the Big Bang, uh, this huge explosion of matter. Of course, there's no explanation of of where the matter came from. Uh, this matter, this explosion, just sent matter all over the, the wide, vast corners of space. No explanation of where the wide, vast corners of space came from. Uh, and over billions and billions and billions and billions of years, as Carl Sagan used to say, uh, that exploded matter eventually evolved into the earth and the moon and the sun and the planets and the stars. The earth began to rotate and it landed just in the exact spot needed to sustain life. And from there evolved animals and fish and mountains and streams and mankind. Mankind evolved into an intelligent being that set themselves apart from all other animals 
They learned mathematics and biology and physics. They built pyramids and ocean liners and skyscrapers. They flew to the moon. They invented the microchip. They developed a vaccine that would protect us from COVID-19 in warp speed in under one year. And it all happened over billions of years by mere happenstance. Evolution was a scientific theory that allowed those who questioned the existence of God a way to explain the origin of the universe scientifically. Now, many of you listening today uh, do not believe that our universe came by accident through something like evolution. We believe that God created it. Everything that we see, God created it. Everything that we can see and touch around us exists because God created it. Man did not evolve uh, over billions of years. God created us in his image in the very beginning. And we are just the same today as we were then. And we know this because of what we read in the first two chapters of the book of Genesis. As pastor and Bible scholar Marty Solomon says, we trust the text. We trust the text. The text says God created the universe. We believe it. We believe it. So let's talk about the text. And I want to begin by doing what we often do when we study the New Testament. You know, when we begin a study uh, in the New Testament, uh, say the book of Romans, um, often we try to understand a couple of things before we get started uh, because it's helpful. We try to understand who wrote that book or that letter. We try to understand who that letter was written to, who that book was written to, and why it was written to them. There's always usually a particular reason why someone like the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Christians in Rome. Um, What was the the message to that original audience? And understanding those important facts helps us understand the message today as we try to apply it to our lives. Do we ever do that with the Old Testament text? Uh, Wouldn't it be beneficial if we did the same thing with the Old Testament, to understand who wrote it, who it was written to, why it was written to them. So, this morning as we began our study of Genesis, let's take a few moments as we start to to understand and try to understand the creation story of Genesis as it was written to that original audience. One of the things that we will learn is While it was given to us to explain how it all started, it was not meant to be a scientific report to counter the science theory of evolution. You know, in in my reading that I have done to prepare for this series, one of the things that, that many scholars point out is that the original readers... Uh, The original audience of Genesis and the creation story was the Israelites uh, as they were newly freed from Egyptian slavery. It's often also pointed out that the original audience were not Westerners or Western thinkers like you and I are. They were Easterners or Oriental. 
Uh, they were Eastern thinkers. Now, Westerners like you and I, we generally think logically. You know, uh, we, we make a point, and then we present our evidence to prove that point. Uh, we, we make uh, bullet lists and charts and graphs, and we use those tools to present our case. That's a Western way of thinking. Easterners don't make lists to prove a point. You know, they paint word pictures using symbols and numbers and images and feelings that describe the truth they're presenting. They use poetry and songs to teach their lessons. Many see the creation story not as a step-by-step -step sequence of events that describes the details of the first six days of creation, but rather as a poem expressing the truth that God created the universe. It's not meant to give details of how it was done, how exactly it was created, or when it was created, but rather who created and who the created were. We'll talk more about that in a minute. The Eastern way is not better than the Western way uh, of thinking. It's just different. It's just different. Both contribute valuable blessings to mankind. But Genesis and most of the Old Testament, Testament was written by and originally to an Eastern audience who understood things in an Eastern way. So, as we approach the beginning of creation, let's also try to understand what the message was for those who first heard it. The Israelites, recently released from some 400 years of Egyptian slavery. Now, who were these people who were freed? Uh, what did they understand about God and their relationship with God? You know, while they may have retained uh, some of the memory of the God of Abraham, of Joseph and, 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 uh, and his brothers and, and all that happened before slavery, uh, that I'm sure a lot of that memory was passed down through those 400 years of slavery. They were also, during that time, surrounded by and influenced by a people who believed in many gods, the Egyptians. The Egyptians were polytheists, meaning they worshipped many gods. They had their own creation story. They had their own flood story that involved their many gods. These were stories that the Israelites heard from their Egyptian slave masters during those years. Gods that were created that that, that, that looked like animals, like uh, cows and cats. Uh, some of them had an animal's head and a human body, like, the Amun, like Amun Ra, who had an eagle's head and a human body. In addition to the polytheistic culture that they lived in for hundreds of years, they were taught by the Egyptians that they, as, the, as Israelites, they had one purpose in life. Their purpose was to be slaves that made bricks for the Egyptians seven days a week from sunrise to sundown. That was their purpose. If they failed to fulfill their purpose, to make bricks for the Egyptians seven days a week from sunrise to sundown, they were of no value. 
the Israelites' idea of God was that the gods hated them and punished them by enslaving them. A people who, who had no purpose other than making bricks for the Egyptians seven days a week from sunrise to sunset. Now, when the Israelites were, were finally given their freedom, what was the message that God wanted and needed for them to hear? They needed to hear who God was, who the true, real God was, and they needed to hear who they were. God, uh, gods were not created things like cats and lions. No, in fact, there was only one God. And he created cats and lions and Egyptians and Israelites. And they were not created to be slaves that make bricks. They were created as God's most precious creation. In fact, they were God's chosen nation. They were loved by God. In the beginning, they were given a special beautiful garden to live in with all the fruit that they could eat they were they were given the the ability to walk and talk with god and have a personal relationship with him that's what they learned from the creation story they were not created to work from sunrise to sunset seven days a week they were created to take care of creation but like their creator they were to take a whole day off every seventh day a concept that was totally foreign to those freed slaves. They never understood the concept of rest. This vital message was presented to the newly freed slaves. Not in the form of a Western scientific report revealing the sequence of creation and the evidence that proves it, but as a poem beautifully illustrating the power and the order and the beauty of a new world that came into existence when God spoke. So, as we begin our discussion of Genesis 1 next week, you know, our goal is not to use it to counter the points of evolution. Now, evolution, I believe, can be countered with scientific theories that, were, that have been developed by scientists who believe in God and believe in the Genesis creation story. But Genesis was not meant to do that. You know, evolution didn't even exist when those freed slaves, freed slaves first heard the creation story. Uh, Genesis was meant to show the Israelites that, and, and to show you and me that God created the universe. And he created you and me. And we were his most prized possession. So as we study the first book of the Bible, as we start from the beginning, let's just trust the text. Let's just trust the text. If we trust the text, we can know what the Israelites came to know when they first read it. There is a God. And he created all that we can see and touch. He created you and me. And he loves us most of all. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God saw that all he had made, and it was good. It was very good. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the text, for the beautiful text of Genesis, Genesis 1 and 2, that just tell us in a beautiful way the truth of how everything came into existence. Lord, you spoke, and we can't even imagine that. We can't even fathom it, but you spoke, and out of nothing came everything we can see. And you do it, did it in your way. You did it in an orderly way. You did it in a beautiful way. And as we read that beautiful picture, uh, we just see what, what a wonderful God we, we serve. And we can see at the very end uh, that you created us and that you created us to be your most loved creation. You put us in charge of the rest of it. And, uh, and you gave us dominion. Lord, we failed you, but you didn't give up on us, and you gave us a plan that we'll, we'll discover and learn about as we go through Genesis. You gave us a plan to get back to you through your son Jesus. So thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for the text that shows that. Uh, help us this year as we begin uh, 2021 that we, we can begin by understanding who you are and who we are and, our, and what our relationship with you needs to be. Father, we praise you for the forgiveness of our th sins through Jesus. Thank you for this brand new year to serve you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.